Today on the show, we're talking about transition. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host. I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about why transition is hard. Yeah, I thought this would be a good topic because we often talk about on, on this podcast about making changes in your life and getting from point A to point B and making progress. But, you know, I, I don't think we ever say just how hard that is. You know, the, it usually involves moving forward and it usually requires getting from where you currently are to where you want to be. But there's that transition in the middle, that, that, that transition is uncomfortable and, and that's okay, but it's hard. And I, do, I, I we kind of just throw it out there like, you know, just transition, man. <laughs> just do it. But I, I think we, we need to say like, you know, making these changes in your life to, to better your financial world, it's not easy. No, no, it's not. And when we, when we talk about transition, what, what exactly is that? We talk about this, you know, life being a journey, not a destination, but on your journey, you're, you're trying to get to a better place. And, and so transition is really that, that middle ground where you, you haven't achieved your goal, but you have left where you're your starting point. So you're in this, this in between things. So you can't even say, you know, I, you can't say I'm debt free until you're debt free, but, but you're moving toward that. So that, that time going from a mountain of debt to debt freedom is that transition, you, you have to make a lot of changes in your life to get there. And, and I, I'm saying that it's hard and it has to be done in a orderly manner. So you, you have, you're able to sustain it, but it's, it's, it's actually very fragile. Transition is a fragile thing. When, when I think of transition, I think of uncertainty. I think of maybe self-criticism, of, of self-unassuredness. There's that, those really kind of unpositive words that I think come along with the word transition. And transition is usually linked with change. And change can be a positive thing. So why is maybe transition a word or a feeling or a place that is a little bit more less positive than the idea of change well change i think is people look at change negatively too i know where i work people resist change all, all the time change it kind of suggests old status new status just change it kind of is in my mind changes you're there you're you're at your you're, you're you've achieved your new behavior you're kind of just switching gears yeah but it's that transition to get from where you are to where you were to where you are that that middle ground it doesn't get enough attention. It, it's it's the hardest part. It, it usually requires some form of behavior modification. I guess it requires behavior modification during the transition, and then it requires maybe a different behavior modification in the new state or the new the new you. So, but but like okay, here's one: going to debt freedom. So, just say you have a mountain of debt, and your goal is to be debt free. Well, being debt-free is going to require a lot less effort than it is going to be to pay down your debt. Because just just assume you you have just a little bit of excess money at the end of the month. Using that to pay down your debt is going to take a lot more discipline and habit and determination than just existing without incurring any additional debt. 
So you can see how that transition to, to becoming debt-free is actually harder than just being debt-free. Oh, definitely. It, you know what comes to mind is just turbulent, turbulent conditions, almost like on a plane when when they, they say to strap it on your seatbelt because it's this this, this place where, where things are really in transit. And and so you, you mentioned the word discipline and habit. Those 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 words have piqued my interest. What what do those mean, and how do they come into play when we're talking about transition? So I kind of use the word on this podcast, like the word discipline and habit, like it's right there beside the peanut butter, right on the <laughs> shelf. Just just go get your discipline and go at it, man. You'll get her done. So I I kind of talk about it like that. But discipline is actually so. Here's a definition I, I found: discipline, the ability to give up immediate pleasure for long-term goals. So that that sounds very negative and, and very, you know, why would you sign up for t- to develop a discipline? But discipline, if exercised long enough, becomes a habit. And so here's a definition of a habit I looked up. Habit, an acquired mode of behavior that becomes involuntary. So think of buying stuff on credit. You know, I see it, it's shiny, I buy it, right? That that's a, a a bad behavior that needs to be corrected. So it's going to take some discipline. So you're going to give up the immediate pleasure of buying that shiny whatever on credit. And it's going to take some discipline to, to not go to that store or, or be in that store and, and not buy that thing. And then eventually you just, you will not buy it unless you have the money in the bank. So, and that becomes the habit. So it's, it's not this thing beside the peanut butter. Discipline is hard. It's, it's really hard, but it is, I've yet to meet the person who has developed a discipline and wish they hadn't. So, so I love, what I love about transition, discipline, which leads to developing kind of healthier habits is that it is so universal. We all go through transitions. We all develop uh, discipline when, when we need it to develop healthy, healthier habits. And uh, transition. So when we are talking about that and, and the discipline needed for that, I mean, it's we all know we've all kind of been in that place when we have decided we need to pull up our socks and develop a discipline to create a new habit and that's not easy like you said that that's can be one of the most maybe challenging things we'll go through in that season so i have a theory about discipline and i i this is not a, a health podcast it's a finance podcast but i like to think this is universal so i i i have a friend who is trying to lose weight and they're on a diet a calorie restricted diet and they're going to the gym every morning at seven o'clock. And I said to that person and they're getting very discouraged. And I said, you only have so much discipline to spend in a day. Think of it like money, but it's discipline. And you have burned through almost all of your discipline before you get to work and sit at your desk. What have you got left for the work day? I, I said to this person, work on your diet. You get your diet in order. So get, get, just develop the discipline to eat healthy foods. Forget about the gym. Worry about that later. Get to the point where you are at an involuntary level eating good food. And once you reach that point and you're eating really good food and you're just doing it automatically, you, you don't even think about things loaded with sugar, then and only then go to the gym. And, and go to the gym every day. You develop the discipline to go to the gym even on the days you're tired Go to the gym, and before you know it, you will just 
involuntary drive that way even on the day you don't go to the gym. Your car will just go that way and you'll say, oh, what am I doing here? It's not even a gym day, you know? And then you have to turn around and go back home. So then, that to me, that that's when you, you're not burning through discipline. It's habit. So you have to, you can't take too big of a chunk early. So if, if you're paying down debt and, I don't know, investing, and you, you, you have to keep, you only have so much discipline you have to work with. So use it wisely. That is so, so powerful. And you know what? That almost speaks to any moment we've ever been hard on ourselves for for taking on all the things and 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 really just failing because we don't succeed because like if if we apply this theory because we've spent we've way overdrawn our discipline allowance for that day so it's it's kind of no surprise that maybe we're falling flat on our face but again it doesn't minimize at all how discouraging it is so i'm 12 i'm about 12 months away from retirement and people are coming up and saying you know i heard you're retiring are you really going to retire and i said yeah i am and they go, oh, I'm, you know, I wish I could retire. I said, well, what's stopping you? You know, this person's older than me. What's stopping you? And they said, oh, I've got a, I still got a mortgage. I got a mountain of debt. I got an RV I'm paying for. And, and they're stressed out about not retiring. And I said, well, back that train up and, and just focus on, you know, build the discipline to not rack up debt. You know, for, forget about getting depressed about retirement. You know, t- take the baby steps, work, work down the debt, get that on autopilot, get those habits formed and then, you know, work on paying off your mortgage, get those habits formed, develop the habits of getting by with less money. Don't just be depressed because you can't retire. So anyone has ever heard of Seth Godin? He's an author and he has a podcast too, actually. It's called The Kimbo. I really enjoy it. I, I highly recommend it. He's a marketing guy, but he has this book. It's called The Dip and it's an interesting concept. So he, he has this theory that you, you start a new project, a new venture, or a new action, like to, I, I say getting out of debt, and you will start out with a ton of enthusiasm, and you'll just hit the ground running and just making all the right decisions and being responsible, and then life will happen, and, and something will get in your way, and it will become hard, and that's the dip, and the dip will always be there. It's always going to show up. You will know you've developed the discipline that have formed good habits, if you can push through the dip and get to the other side. When you're going through a transition, because that's what this episode is about, going, when you're transitioning from where you are to where you want to be, assume there's going to be a dip and even look for it. Like, And I'm not being pessimistic and, and negative. There will be a dip. It, there will be this point where it gets really, really hard and anticipate it. So don't be blindsided by it and say, oh, I guess this is impossible. I can't do it say, oh, this must be the dip. I got to muscle through this to get to the other side. It's always going to be there. So if you're in the midst of paying off your mortgage early and all of a sudden you need a roof, that's the dip. You don't give up on paying off your mortgage. You get the roof on, you alter your plan, you know, so it's going to be, take you six months longer because you needed a roof. That's the dip. Don't give up. You just know that it's coming. The, the worst thing in making a transition in life is not expecting a dip and getting blindsided by it and giving up. That's the worst. It, it could be anything in life. I, I always go back to health. If you're trying to lose weight and get healthy, you you'll, you might injure yourself. Say you're running and you, you injure your knee. You go, oh, I guess running's not for me. I can't run. No, that's the dip. 
you you nurse that knee back to health and you keep on running. So developing, like I think you might have said this, developing the discipline to get through the dip is 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 a thing in itself regardless of of what the thing you're actually doing is i don't think so so i don't think you need discipline you just need to know it's coming okay so you think you think you're just anticipating you're fine hopefully your discipline that you've developed has formed into habits before the dip gets there you know in a perfect world you you're you will have been super disciplined you know in delaying immediate pleasure for long-term goals and you'll have done that for enough weeks i think it's 30 days forms a habit 30 days goes by you've got these ingrained habits in your day-to-day life you've got rid of netflix and you're going to the gym and then the dip hits just rely on your habits and and i want to say i have never ever transitioned in life and not experienced the dip ever ever i love that i love that it's universal and I, I paid off my mortgage in 15 years. I put three kids through post-secondary education. I have never done any transition in life and not had a dip. My question for you then, it, has there been multiple dips in each of those transitions, in each of those experiences? So the funny thing with the dip is once you get through one dip, if there's another one, you don't even notice it because you, you've already overcome adversity. It's like, I've seen this before, right? It's not intimidating at all. If you push through the first dip, the first resistance in your transition, if you get through that, then you're not intimidated by any obstacle at that point. You you end up building up this this confidence, this this inner strength. Those things don't scare you anymore. So you speak with a lot of conviction. I'm assuming that in all of your experiences and experiences going through a dip, that that has been your reality. It has, and even from a work standpoint, if, if there's a a project at work, there's always this, and I it seems to happen earlier, right? You know, I say it happens earlier. It probably happens even later in a project, but you've pushed through that first dip. You you're you're so resilient to that point that there's other ones you don't even notice them. You, they're, they're just this is just the job. That's so powerful. And I'm just, I, I, you bring up work. And of course, that's that's where my mind is going to is all the experiences that I have experienced where the dip definitely has shown itself. So I, I love that, the universal concept that really can be applied to, to life in general. So Seth Godin wrote the book, The Dip. He has a podcast called Akimbo. I don't even know what that stands for. But he is a marketing guy. And that, that's his thing is marketing. And this concept is universal. You could apply it to any aspect of love. It is an incredibly short book. You could literally read it in a weekend, even if you're a slow reader. This is a short book. His books are so well written. They, they just uh, read like a, almost a fiction book. They, they read so easy. And I, I highly recommend it. it. It is a short read. Even if you're not, you don't have to be into marketing. I know it's probably going to be, if you look for the book, it'll be in the marketing section. Don't let that concern you. It's it's a universal concept. We'll have the 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 name of the book and as well as the podcast in our show notes. You can refer back to that after the show. So Jeff, let's, let's dive into talking about self-discipline. We've, we've talked to, we've defined it. And, and now I kind of want to talk about how we can master it, how we can get really, really good at it to help us transition into when we have self-discipline, that's going to lead to developing habits. So that's, that's where we start off. There's 
five ways that we can master self-discipline with the first one being know your weakness. So think of, so you're trying to make a transition in life. You're trying to get from where you are to where you want to be. And in order to do that, like Courtney said, you you need to deploy self-discipline to develop constructive habits. That's the goal here. So how to master self-discipline. So know your weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. And if you are aware of your weaknesses, some people's weaknesses, they're not a morning person. Some people's weaknesses is they love new clothes. Some people, the bigger the TV, the better. Like whatever your financial weakness is, know what it is and be aware of it because it can be your undoing. So when you're developing a discipline, I would say frame your your sort of structure, your discipline that you're going to try to deploy with your weaknesses front and center. Like they, they should really be, because those are your weaknesses are going to be your undoing. There's no sense building your, your discipline around your strengths, right? They're not your problem when you're trying to get from where you are to where you want to be. It's your weakness that's going to be in your way. And and when we say the word weakness, it has such a negative connotation to it. But in this sense, I'm sure you're just referring to weakness as a fact. I mean, not being a morning person, you're either a morning person or a night person, or, or maybe you just are lucky enough to be both. And I want to be you. That was a bad example. So I, I'm going to say my weakness is consumer electronics. So so you're saying, so, so the, let me clarify then. So are you saying a weakness is actually something that is objectively I don't want to use the word bad, but objectively not constructive. So here's how I do it. Don't be browsing consumer electronics on your phone in the morning if you're not a morning person because <laughs> you're weakest in the morning. You know you have a weakness for consumer electronics. If you're browsing Amazon for the latest Bluetooth earbuds uh, while you're eating breakfast, I don't like your chances of not filling your cart <laughs> And pressing buy. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm talking about. Would know your weakness. No, I, I like that. Just the, the sen- general sense of awareness is so key here. So I just described my weakness. <laughs> that, that, that's, so I don't... I was like, this know, sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> so I know that's my weakness. But the thing is, you have to be honest with yourself about your weaknesses. You can't say, I could quit Bluetooth earbuds... <laughs> Anytime, I just choose not to. Like, I'm not that foolish to think I, I, it's not a weakness. I know it is. So the second way to master self-discipline is remove the temptation. We, we don't, we're only so strong, right? So you, you, can't, you can't have an, the Amazon app on your phone. Or set as your mobile home screen or your, sorry, your desktop home screen. I, I know people that I, I work with, they're, Amazon is their homepage on their computer. So when they take a break from working, they open the web browser, out comes Amazon. Deal of the day and all those things. I mean, you don't have a chance, right? So remove the temptation. And I mentioned, so me and my, my wife, we go for walks in the forest. Stay out of the malls. I mean, if you're trying to pay down debt or build wealth of any kind, stay out of retail establishments if that's your weakness. So when you do remove temptation, how can you justify to yourself that you're not, oh, I'm not strong enough to to go to the mall and not buy anything? Like how, how do you justify that to yourself? Are you just saying that why push ourselves when we don't need to? And or how, like, it just feels like you're just saying to yourself, I'm not a strong, I'm not a strong person. I, I can't even, I can't even be there. I can't, I can't even handle, I can't even control myself. 
Well, I mean, you're trying to make a transition from where you are to where you want to be. I think you should try to make it easy on yourself. So I'm saying know your weakness. And once you identify the weakness, remove the temptations related to that weakness. Don't pretend you're you're strong, you're stronger than you are regarding your weaknesses. Like you're you're just fooling yourself. I know, I know what mine are, and I I I have my wife to help me through a weak moment, but she might not be there every time. So remove the temptations that relate to your weakness. The third way to master self-discipline is to set goals. So these goals need to be realistic. You you can't set pie in the sky goals that you got no hope of meeting and they have to be measurable. You're trying to build discipline. It's going to be repeated discipline of delaying immediate pleasure for long-term goals. That's that's the definition to develop a habit. And I it takes about 30 days to develop a habit. So once it's a habit, you still need to be cognizant that it, it doesn't get away on you because habits can be broken. Measure your progress on developing these habits. If if you haven't, if you still feel that that it's hard after thirty days, then it's too unrealistic of a of a habit you're trying to form. You, you you've bit off too much. You got to break it into smaller pieces. So when we're talking about goals, I want to kind of dive deeper into into goals in particular. I'm guessing, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but your goal, however convincing it is, or however internally developed is so it's one it's a goal that really really resonates with you as opposed to being an external goal push on you pretend someone says that going going for runs is gonna encourage you to go for runs that's not something that's coming within so maybe it's not going to resonate as deeply but if it's an intrinsic goal I'm guessing that the more that you want to achieve that goal the easier it'll be to develop self-discipline or or is that or is any goal regardless of how much you want it going to be as difficult to develop self-discipline for i had a goal to retire at 55 right and i had to either develop habits or break habits surrounding my car acquisition mindset i knew i could not buy brand new cars and retire at 55 those two things don't go together. But I'm not crazy. I like a new car as much as the next guy. You get the color you want. You get all the options you want. It's got the new car smell. It's super reliable. It comes with a crazy warranty. What's not to like about a new car, right? But I had to develop a habit to appreciate used cars. And it started with a discipline. Everyone around me is buying new cars. And I'm, I'm buying a used car. What's wrong with me, right? So I, I had to get some confidence in my, my, my goals. But I had to get in the habit of, of not looking at new cars, but looking at used cars whenever I needed a car. Eventually, I bought enough used cars that I don't even think about. Like it's, it's autopilot now. I don't even think about new cars. It's not like I don't even go to new car lots. Like I don't even know. I, I, in fact, if I were to go buy a new car, I bet you it's a different process than buying a used car i don't even know how you would even go about choosing a color I, do they give you a a brochure with a bunch of colors do you, do you pick the color of the interior too I, I don't know i haven't bought a new car in 30 years so maybe you do it online see i don't even know the process I, and i don't even want to learn but i've i've developed the discipline and the habit to not want new cars and and we all know that purchasing a, car, a new car or vehicle is is one of the two largest things that we will kind of 
uh, decisions we'll make in our life. But did was even though you knew that was obviously key because it is a big decision to reaching financial independence. Was that was that hard to develop that self discipline though at first? Even though you knew it was the one of a huge game changer to achieving financial independence. Well, the key was so where I was. I was working and I, I had a mortgage and I had some debt and I wanted to retire early. So that's where I wanted to be. So there's a transition, a really long transition, like a insanely long transition, maybe a 30 year transition, right? To get there. And I had to design a way to measure my progress. Now my progress was measured financially. Obviously I, I knew I had an idea of how much money I needed to retire early I knew how much money I didn't have. I'd come up with a measurement. And then that number was ginormous, right? And I think, well, I'll never get there. So I broke it into smaller pieces. I broke it into 10-year increments. And they still seem like really big numbers. So I broke it into five-year increments. And that kind of felt big. So I broke it into three-year windows. And I, I could get behind a, a three-year number. That, that's something I could digest. And sometimes I fell behind my goal. And sometimes I exceeded my goal, but I was measuring my progress. And as you measure your progress, you you start to feel good about this could happen. So measuring your progress is point number four and how to master self-discipline. If it wasn't for measuring progress, do you think that you would have achieved financial independence? Do you think you would have achieved all of the goals that you have set for yourself and and even developed, fully developed the self-discipline, the habits to achieve those goals? So I know life's not lived in a spreadsheet, <laughs> but I kept a lot of mine in a spreadsheet. And I, I've been measuring my progress for, I'm going to say, in spreadsheets for 25 years. And once you get a goal and you write it down somewhere or type it into a spreadsheet, uh, and you have to stare at it. And then you, you can't just put these measurements in your head and sort of keep track. You, you, you can't keep track in your head. You, you have to document it somewhere. So you have to measure your progress, but it has to be documented. Because when you don't achieve your goals, you either have to revise your plan or work harder, right? This transition, it's not going to happen or I'm going I'm to double down and make it happen. So, but once it's documented, it becomes a conscious decision to do it or not do it. And that's the key is if, if documenting your goals and documenting your progress is you become more deliberate about it. I love that. Finally, the last step to mastering self-discipline is to celebrate your wins. This is hard to do, but when you finally realize something's become a habit. So I, I, I go back to health, but this is a finance podcast. So I've been going to the gym for almost two years on a regular basis. And it, it took a while to develop that habit. I realized the habit was formed when I, w I noticed I got in my car after work and my gym bag was in the car and I didn't remember putting it in there. I didn't remember putting my gym bag in my car and I looked over at the seat beside me and said, oh, I guess today's a leg day. <laughs> so, uh, but I didn't even remember putting it in there. And, and then I smiled to myself. I said, wow, I have formed a habit of going to the gym because I didn't even remember doing any getting my stuff together to go. I, I celebrated that with a really hard workout. <laughs> but but I, I, I realized a habit was formed. It's hard to recognize. So 
the discipline to form the habit. I'm saying when the habit's formed, celebrate that you've accomplished that because that wasn't easy. So if we we translate over to personal finance, if, if maybe your goal was not to purchase a coffee every time you go buy a coffee establishment, it, it, you maybe celebrate that win if, if you kind of didn't even give it a second thought because your habit was not to stop there anymore. You know, it's harder to celebrate the, the habits that are formed that's, that where you don't do something. It's harder to celebrate those, right? Because you're, you're kind of celebrating inaction, right? That, that's so backwards, harder. actually. Yeah, those are harder. So it's easier to celebrate action. So if, if your goal was to, you know, put away 10% every year, into an RRSP, then, you know, once you started putting that money away and not missing it, I, I guess you could kind of celebrate that. But what you're describing is celebrating in action and it's harder to notice that. And it's actually a little bit more negative in a sense as well as opposed to action. So I, I really do like that distinction. Just say you bought your lunch at work every day, you know, five or seven bucks a day, it really adds up. And you said, you know, I'm going to develop a, a discipline and, and a, eventually a habit of packing a lunch to take to work every day. And if you got to work and it was lunchtime and you you can't even remember what you made for lunch, you know, it's going to be a surprise if you open this bag, you'll know that was a habit. Just something that happens. I, I do like that, the focus on on building positive, positive goals and, and, and achieving positive habits. So just remember, we're going... We're talking about how transition can be hard. You have a, a place you want to be in a place where you currently are, and it's going to require self-discipline to build the habits to get you from where you are to where you want to be. That's that's the, the, the whole thing about mastering discipline. So on that note, we are going to move on. We're going to transition on <laughs> to talking about why transition is so hard. And we're going to conclude this episode by talking about how to make that transition easier. So we're going to, we're going to dive into why transition is so hard, but, but first Trevor, I want to ask you, so we transition on for a lot of uh, different, different purposes or reasons in our lives, whether it's transitioning on from relationships that aren't serving us, whether it be uh, romantic or friendships, we transition on from uh, different career opportunities onto other career opportunities from finishing uh, post-secondary to working at, to kind of joining the workforce. There's, there's a million different reasons we transition on. Again, some of those transitions, transitions are, uh, more positive than maybe negative, but that doesn't. I'm do all of those. I guess come along with these same uh, three things we're going to talk about. The same things that make transition hard, regardless again if it's positive or negative. Well, I'm going to say transition is hard. You would only make a transition to get to a better place. It's always going to be positive if you're del- if you're being deliberate, right? This is where I currently am. This is where I want to be. I'm assuming where you want to be is better than where you currently are. So it's always, I'm speaking about this from a personal finance standpoint. I, I'm hoping you never want to get to a worse place. So it's, it is really to improve your life. So the transition's hard, but hopefully the, the destination's worth it. And and what I, I do love about the the concept of, that we're going to talk about here, why transition is so hard and the three things that, that make it really, really what's, what make it hard is that 
generally like so like well, like like you just said we we always choose to transition because it's something that we want yet even though we want it it is still very challenging and i find that really uh, fascinating for this concept of transition because generally if we if we want something it's usually feels good and fuzzy and fluffy and, and comfortable and makes us smiles and there's sprinkles involved. Like, you know what I mean? Like usually it's, it's something that's, 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 that actually feels good to, to have. It, it is. And, and this is a personal finance podcast. So the, I'm thinking of the concept of building wealth and it could be paying down debt it is part of the transition to building wealth. A lot of people, it might be saving up to buy their first home, that down payment. That's the transition. So you, you want to be in your own home. You're currently renting an apartment. You want to be in your own home. So where you are is in an apartment. Where you want to be is in a house. The transition is saving up a down payment. And that's hard, right? Living in the house, it's going to be easier than, than saving up this money in a short window of time to make a down payment. It's developing the discipline in, in, in believing in your destination, so on that, let's dive into three reasons why transition is so hard. Number one is uncharted territory. When you go into uncharted territory, learning is the key. You're transitioning. You're going to have to develop skills. And the older you get, the harder this becomes. And I'm going to say, if you sort of just drift through life and then all of a sudden you say you're like 50 and you'd say, oh boy, I want to retire soon. I need to make some changes in my life. That's the transition I'm talking about. That's hard at 50. If, you've, if you haven't had to make any transitions your whole life and all of a sudden you, you get to the end and you, or near, okay, 50 is not the end, but you get far enough down the road and you say, I don't like where I am. I want to be, you know, here. And now I have to make a transition. Well, if you've never had to make transitions or significant transitions in your life, this is going to be really hard. So uncharted territory, I would say if, if I'm a young person listening to this, I would do things to expose myself to transitions, delib- being deliberate about life, making transitions early and uncomfortable and just being uncomfortable, be, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, I love that. And that's really counterintuitive because uh, we've talked about this on the past episodes. We are drawn to places where we feel comfortable, where our transition is nowhere in sight because it's not a, co- a cozy feeling. But when, 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 you're, when, you're, you, when you said that if you are younger, you should seek opportunities for a transition, are we talking um, – Again, from a personal finance standpoint, maybe uh, doing switching jobs, changing careers. Um. Well, here's a good transition for somebody, a young person. Just say you don't currently don't own a car and you want to own a car. And so there's where you are and where you want to be. Well, saving up the money to buy that car is a, is a transition. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to deploy some discipline and develop some spending habits to save up the money to buy a car. What you could do if you didn't have that desire or that energy is you could just go get a loan, right? There's no transition there, right? I, I woke up one morning, I didn't have a car. I went and borrowed $65,000. Now I got a car. <laughs> Where's the transition in that, right? There's no transition. And a lot of people do that. But where I was saying, you know, if you wait until you're 50 before you have to make a transition and it's really uncomfortable and hard, if, if you took the time to adjust your life, go through the dip because it'll be hard when you're trying to save up to buy a car 
and save up the cash or not all of it, maybe most of it, maybe saving up half the money to buy the car and then buy the car, you will have gone through a transition. To, to you, you will have transitioned to being a car owner and one who's not, you just wake up one morning and have a pile of debt. I, I, I love the example of the loan because it truly reminded me of how I think at least our society is set up to kind of eliminate transition and eliminate the opportunities to grow in that way because... Well, they're playing on our on our weakness, right? They, the financial lending institutions, they know that transition's uncomfortable. So they market the easy way out, right? Here's, yeah. We, we will... In our good conscience, we'll loan you the money here. It, actually, we'll give it to you for eight years if you want <laughs> to buy this shiny truck, and you can have it tomorrow. Forget the transition. That's that's that, that's hard. This is the easy way over here. Just take the money at seven percent, and we'll loan it to you. There's no self discipline there. There's no obviously paying back that loan. There will be, but when you are focused on no, 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 they let you pay it back over eight years. True, true. Let's not forget that. <laughs> So no, no self-discipline, no habits forming, and uh, the easiest transition in the whole entire world. So that's number one, uncharted territory. Number two is a fear of failure. So again, this is the second reason why transition is so hard. If you've mapped this out and you say, boy, this is going to be hard. Just so we go with, I got no car. I, I want a car. I'm going to have to, you know, not go with my friends every single weekend to save up the money to buy this car. That's going to be miserable, Right. And then just say, I, I end up, I, I can only find, afford a sky blue minivan with a beige interior. Oh, not <laughs> I save up all that money. You know, that, that car doesn't exist, but just say it did. The, the thing is, if, if you're not happy with where you are, then in a small way, you're already failing, right? You're, you're already failing yourself. But don't be afraid of failure because if you're not happy with your current situation, it's it just say it's manageable, but you don't like it, then you're failing yourself. So if you try something, if you try to make a transition and it doesn't work out, then yes, it you can consider that a failure, but you were failing anyway. So are you any worse off? Probably not. Wow. That's, that is, I mean, I, I don't know who that doesn't resonate with. That is, that is amazing. And is is there is there a time in your past that you have uh, went through a transition and you have failed or maybe something held you back because of a fear of failure? I call it the dip. If you hit the dip and you you say, okay, this is too hard, I'm out, then you know you could call that a failure. But I anticipated the dip, muscled through. So I'm going to say no. I I had the determination to continue on with my my plan, my goals, my aspirations. And and again, that that's a fabulous way to really bridge this this specific space that you're in. The third reason why transition is so hard is that that it's just plain uncomfortable. I we say this all the time in the podcast. Our emotional brains naturally gravitate toward pleasure and away from pain. That is how we are wired. We are designed that way to go through a transition to get from here I am, here's where I want to be, that's going to be uncomfortable. Why would you sign up for uncomfort? Why would you sign up for discomfort? Growth comes from discomfort. You, you think of, again, this is not a health podcast, but you go to the gym, you, you pump a bunch of weights, and you do that, why? To tear your muscles. 
and to make your muscles uncomfortable. And then through that, the muscle tissue rebuilds and it's stronger. Our, our whole human body is designed to get stronger through discomfort. And subjecting yourselves to this, to kind of an uncomfortable feeling, that is not intuitive. So how do you push yourself to embrace that? Is there any kind of big tips that have helped you really just embrace that feeling and, and, and just, just, just so you get through that transition? So this sounds crazy. If something's really easy, if, if I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to accomplish something and it's really easy, there's no resistance, I often think I'm missing something. You know, this should be harder. Like when I was shopping for a used car, so buying a new car, again, I don't know how to do it, but I think it's a lot easier than buying a used car. And I remember every time I go shopping for a used car, and I don't buy them that often, but when I get to the, like, the second car and I go, wow, I think this is the one. And I go, well, I must be missing something. You know, I can't buy, the, the second car I drive can't be the one. That's crazy. I'll say, I'm missing something here. This is way too easy. You know, you don't buy used cars on the second day. You go, you start the process. Buying used cars is hard work. And when it appears easy, I'm assuming I'm missing something. Transition should not be easy. Otherwise, you, you've probably set the bar too low. Your goal is not challenging enough. Like transition should be hard. If it's worth, if it's worth doing, it should be a challenge. This whole section has been so counterintuitive, but it is so, so true in, in understanding why transition is so hard. Like just think, say I want to transition from being $40,000 in credit card debt to $39,000 in credit card debt. You know, that, that's my goal. <laughs> well, <laughs> that might be really easy. Is it really where you want to be? Is that, is that the destination you were looking for? $39,000 in credit card debt? If you're mapping out a, you might want to be there in, in one month, but is that your goal? Is that your destination? I hope not, right? So again, if, if you set your goal too low, too easy, then there will be almost no transition. And it will seem like, just say you wanted to save up a down payment for a car and you woke up on Tuesday and say, you know, I think I want a car. And then Friday you get your paycheck and you say, I guess this is enough down payment. I'll go buy the car tomorrow. You know, one week's pay, that, that's not going to be enough of a down payment. That, that's not how you want to buy a car. So let's, let's jump now on to the final section of today's show. We are now going to talk about how to make transition easier. So we talked about why transition, transition is so hard, but now we're going to talk about the easier half. So there are five ways that we can help make, make transition easier as hard as it, as it may be. Well, and I, I'm saying, I, so this is kind of, kind of counterintuitive. Make sure transition is challenging and make sure it's uncomfortable. But these are tips so you don't, you're not fighting yourself in making a transition from where you are to where you want to be. And fighting yourself meaning like super, super uncomfortable and, and, and just impo- a little bit maybe bar set too high or? Well, like if I'm, if I'm putting up a fence, I'm not going to dig all the post holes by hand because it's harder, right? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go rent a power auger and drill them out. Like, don't do it harder just for the sake of, don't look for the hardest way to do something just so it's hard. It, it should <laughs> just be so you challenging. know the transition yeah. is hard. It should be challenging and uncomfortable, but it could still be efficient. Definitely. Okay, so on that note, let's start this list. So there are 
five ways that we can make transition easier. Number one is follow a proven plan. So the best way to do this is through a book. So I, I, I didn't know anything about investing early on and I, I needed to learn. So I'm here with no investing knowledge and I want to be here with some investing knowledge. The best way I got that was through a book. A book is kind of a proven plan. You find somebody you believe in who's had success in investing. You read their book. Maybe you read a couple of books. Maybe you listen to a podcast, watch a YouTube video. You follow somebody who's already blazed the trail, who's already made the path, and they're where you want to be. The thing is, maybe they didn't start from where you started, but they're where you want to be. So the, the path might not be identical, but you could, it's vaguely mapped out that this must be the direction. It reminds, this point reminds me of a saying that you have that we don't have all the time to make all of our mistakes. So we can, uh, we should learn from others and probably butchering what you usually say, but it, it kind of rings really true that, and into what you're saying about the, po- the fence holes too, why, why kind of try to invent the wheel when we can just gracefully follow in a, a kind of a proven path to success? You know, every investing book that I did read, the author had at least one chapter of the things they did wrong when they were investing, you know, the mistakes they made. And it's them sort of proving that, you know, they tried a bunch of things before they got to this solution. So to your point, I'm learning from the author's mistakes while I'm reading that book. And I, I love that. I, I love when, the, when I'm able to, when I read a book, I'm like, you pick up a book and, and you are really exposed to other people's mistakes because that's, we learn more definitely from our failures than our successes. The second way we can make transition easier is to bridge the gap. So small incremental steps will keep you motivated. So you're making a transition and you're measuring if you're measuring a 10 year window, you know, this is where I am and in 10 years, I want to be here. Well, financially, there's a lot of there's a lot that's going to go on in ten years. So I'm saying you you might want to set an interim destination at the five year or the three year window, and and really be moving toward that because a lot of life can happen in ten years that can take you off course and maybe even change where you want to be. Make that bridge a little smaller, and it'll keep you motivated and it will keep it realistic. When you personally were transitioning from kind of maybe transitioning your goals in terms of saving for financial independence, and I'm sure a lot of transition did take place in the way that you purchased your cars and the way that you kind of just lived your life in general. You mentioned that you looked ahead at a three-year window. How key was that three-year window in bringing you to the point that you are today and, and really achieving that goal of financial independence? Well, when I when I was had a mortgage, so obviously I owe money, then I, I'm building wealth at a at a like saving for retirement at a much slower rate. I measured how much I was going to save toward retirement until that mortgage was paid off, and then I was measuring a different measurement after. So that's an example how I broke it into smaller windows. The third way we can make transition easier is to measure our progress. And we talked about this earlier, but measuring your progress, you need to know that you're you're moving in the correct direction. So again, you could hit a dip, you could life could pull you off track a little bit, but your general direction towards your financial goals should be the same. So 
measuring your progress, again, this is not something you do in your head. This is something documented. And the beauty about personal finance is it, 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 it's numbers. You, you, can, you can measure how far away from your goal in time and dollars. I do have a question for you when we are talking about measuring our progress or just progress in general. And I think this is a really appropriate time to bring it up because we are talking about how to make transition easier. But when we're in that in-between space, when we're in that space of paying off our mortgage or paying off our car loan or, or working towards even financial independence, I mean, you are in the space. You can speak to this, of course, Trevor. You uh, you are there now, but when you were working towards it, there was a lot of uncertainty about your ability to reach your goal or how if your self-discipline would allow you to develop good habits and if those habits would stay until you met your goal. Like all, all the things, I'm sure, were in the way when you're making this really, 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 really long transition um, towards towards being where you are now. So how did, I get, I know, I know you're very confident in your ability to achieve your goal, but how did other people's outlooks and opinions stand in your way of, of really progressing along your transition? Because transitions, like we said earlier, are rocky and uncertain. I mean, people that don't share your same goal, your same destination, their input is of very little value to me, right? I, I'm not, I'm not going to impose my goals and, and my dreams on somebody else, and I'm not going to let them impose theirs on me. So measuring somebody who's more than happy to work till they're 70 because maybe they love their job, they love what they do, to what I'm trying to accomplish, we have different destinations. Therefore, our measurement of progress and, and how we're doing is dramatically different. So you are as proud, if, if I'm going to use that word, of your progress as you are of achieving your goal. That was kind of the mentality you kept around that. The measure, you should never measure yourself to somebody else. You should measure yourself to yourself back in time. You, sh- you should be more than willing to measure where you are now to where you were. But to measure me where I currently am against somebody else where they currently are that's a useless measurement. Oh, definitely. I agree with that. I like that. Let's move on to the final last, or the second last way that we can make transition easier. And that is expect setbacks. And we talked about this earlier, the dip, but another setback could be just outright failure. Like, so when I say I, you hit the dip and push through, well, it, it could be catastrophic, right? You, you, it could be that, that, that this plan is flawed and you need to move in a different direction or come up with a, a new solution. And that's okay. There's a thing out there. I don't know if I believe it, but it, you try to fail fast. You learn a lot from your failures. We had somebody writing, I'm a big proponent of used cars. And somebody, a listener wrote in saying they bought a used car and it, it turned out to be just a train wreck of an experience. And they're never going to buy a used car again. And I, I asked that listener to, you know, revisit their used barring, used car car buying philosophy, it may be somewhat flawed. And they did. And, and they ended up with a, a pretty decent used car. But they failed at buying used cars was my point. It was a setback. But they luckily, they didn't give up on the concept of used cars. They revised their approach and, and went back at it. And they learned a lot from it. And 
I mean, that has to be one of the most difficult experiences when you are in this turbulent, rocky transition period, uh, working towards achieving a goal. The final way that we can make transition easier is to expect it to be hard. So this sounds odd. So to make transition easier, expect it to be hard. But if you if you expect it to be hard and it's not as hard as you expected, it kind of sounds odd, but then then it won't seem so hard after all, right? So it's all about perception. But it should be hard, otherwise it's not worth doing. You're not making much of a transition. To make transition easier, I would say expect it to be harder than you really think it's going to be. You're almost playing, you're almost tricking your mind. Just expect this to be challenging. Here's an example. I go back to you. Say you want to buy a car and you know you're going to have to not go out with your friends every weekend for six months. Say, say it was eight months. And then while you're saving your money and you're measuring your progress, you realize that you're achieving your goal faster than you thought. And maybe you can go out with them one weekend every month. So that, that's an example where if you if you set the bar really high and make it as hard as you can, it might not have to be that hard to reach your goal. Oh, I love that. Kind of just setting yourself up for for the, I don't, I don't want to say the worst possible case scenario, but it's definitely easier to work back down to making it easier yes. for something the other yes. way around. Yeah. It's easier to train to to back your plan down than it is to ramp it back up. Oh, for sure. So that brings us to the end of this section on how to manage how to make transition easier as well as the end of today's show. We we went right from talking about uh, discipline and habit defining what those were to talking about how to master self-discipline, why transition is so hard and again how to make the transition easier. Life is full of transitions. And personal finance is full of transitions. We we always talk about having a plan, having a destination, having a being on a journey, you know, getting to a better place. And we never talk about the how hard transition can be. But it if it seems hard, it's not your imagination. The transition is hard, but hopefully the destination is worth it. And on that note, thank you so much for being here with us for today's show on transition is hard. We we appreciate having you with us today and you can definitely reach out to us to share your thoughts about today's show and what maybe makes transition easier for you and 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 maybe what makes transition hard you can always reach out to us at instagram at simple money solutions facebook at simple money solutions our website livelifesimple.ca or via email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com We can't wait to have you back here with us for another show. Until then, keep it simple.